You have returned to Castile. And you are let in to the estate. And you find him in his study. Good, dear friends. Is everything all right? I suppose the answer to that question depends on the context. Well, on one hand, my friend is very appreciative uh? that the matter seems to be resolved. And that surprises me. Gracias. That the person who was behind the harassment has met a very unfortunate accident, crushed beneath a falling set of cargo, apparently. We did not kill him. Not even she killed him. That was... Not our doing. I believe that. There was some other unfortunate oui? events, oui, however, of which I have been this week at court with the Prince, Crescent Empire's ambassador, where as someone who had been named as being directly involved had to answer and prove that I was not sending spies or assassins into the Crescent Empire. Ah. I can be a overzealous individual at times. However, I am not being over-exaggerated when I say the court is not pleased. I imagine no. Catalina's just looking at the floor, sort of poking it with her toe. Now, I am sure that the events must not have been the most easiest things to deal with. But we are in a rather... unpleasant situation. It has become incredibly political. Ah, <sighs> politics... My enemies are trying to maneuver against me and use it in their advantage. My allies are trying to stop them. This affair will not bring down my empire or anything of the like, but it is not pleasant, however, to receive a scolding from the prince. Senor Roberto, why would you get scolded by the prince? Because the Crescent Empire made a formal complaint. We, we are also uh, banned, I believe, from ever <laughs> returning. Yes. 
Which is fine, unless Wojak wishes to be retrieved, in which case I suppose he is out of luck. As it stands, I do not believe that you are spies or assassins, nor that in the end I sent said spies and assassins to the Crescent Empire. They do believe now that it was a situation that somehow got out of control that has tempered some of the unpleasantness, but has not extinguished it completely. So what is there to do? You were not sent there to disrupt or get involved in anything to do with their politics? That it was a favour for a friend and that somewhere someone was trying to manipulate the situation. This they have uh, come to believe. They are, however, not as happy that the form of diplomacy chosen tended to be at the sharp end of a blade. I do not think it is the fact that we defended ourselves that they take issue with. However, I think it was more the stabbing. We? Oui? You are correct. Oui. Now, in fairness, I also believe that with the trade deal coming up between the two nations, they are also trying to use this event as a grievance to push for a slightly better agreement in their favour. So politics are definitely a factor. But please be careful. Ripples become waves in politics. It would not be wise to ignore this warning when you have already been told you are in the middle of a mess. Uh, landed in the middle of the mess. <laughs> As I recall, that was many times why people hired you, Catalina. Next time I won't be caught out in the open by the open hand again. I rather think you will not have to deal with the open hand again if you are banned from the Crescent Empire, unless they hold such a grudge that they travel. (laughs) So if there is nothing we can do to help this situation, or you, I suppose we should head back to the ship? I think for now, the matter has been resolved. However, if... You would like to return in a couple of days, Marguerite. I do not wish to say much at the moment. I am, however, meeting with an individual between now and then, and I have a feeling some of it may involve you. How do you have a feeling of this? I do not want to say anything at this time. I will know for certain after I've met with them. Of which case then, if I am correct, I can discuss the implications with you. Catalina has an eyebrow raised towards Marguerite. (laughs) Who's looking like, hey, look, I've met tons of weird people at this point. I don't know. Could be a fey witch, could be an evil pirate lady, it could be anyone. (laughs) Could be a governor. Hey, 
look, when I say the evil pirate lady, that is in reference to Reese. I have told you of her, no? No. She does not like me. She is a uh, very, very... Um, well, the crew was quite frightened of her when she came up in conversation. Namely, the conversation was that she did not like me. Uh, however, it may not be her. It could be any number of people I have met, such as a, a fate witch or another fate witch or a governor who also does not like me or this other man from Avalon. Uh, he liked me a little bit. However, he did still go along with the old sender on the ship to work forever in the colonies or whatever. So who can say? Catalina's now got her hands on her hips looking up at Marguerite. We have been through this before. How I managed to be on this ship was because of the... They thought I was someone else, and then they wanted the artifact, and then they have the artifact, and I do not have it. And then they put me on the ship to die, or something. The end. First there was the one shipwreck. We? See? And then... I was sent along with a lady on this ship. The ship sank. She died. They thought I was there. So they bring me along and they say we need the artifact. And I did not know what to do because I was not heir. However, they were very important and I did not know what to say. So anyway, they have the artifact. I do not. Then they find out that I was not who I said I was. And second shipwreck, it all went along from there. We ships and making friends no matter where you go. I would not call them friends. But mm -hmm. only, again, and only she two. Only two ships. Motions to herself. No, 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 you! I am talking about the ones who tried to kill me! <laughs> anyway, if it is not any of them, then it would be someone from back home, and that could be, in a way, <laughs> worse. So. Gracias, Roberto. We are sorry. Anyway, just we désolé. Uh, we shall return in a few days, then? That would be acceptable. Okay. On your way back, and you're almost back at the ship, you're down at the docks. As you're walking by, a sailor bumps into you, as into Marguerite. Not aggressively, not trying to steal anything. Just, you know, it's a bit busy in that. And he turns around to say sorry, and then he stops, and he goes, wait... And he points at Marguerite, and he says, Are you not friends with that Avalonian merchant? Uh, which Avalonian merchant? Thomas Green. Thomas, Thomas Green. Uh, what was his ship called? Uh, I think he's the captain of the Wellerman. Oui, oui, I remember him. Oui, yes. He's fallen on some hard times. Uh, fell foul of a nasty plantation owner. James Kidd is going to help him, as he has no love for the plantation owners, and there might be some profit in it. They're on a small island called Madzandrea. It's not that far from here. Madzandrea? That's correct. It's a small wayfaring stop, apparently. And who is James Kidd? And the sailor next day have a sort of quick quiet discussion and they're trying to look about uh, there's this a lot of people he sort of leans in and he's like he is known to liberate the unworthy from 
They're prophets, if you take my meaning. Ah, ah, we, we. And he's not being ridiculous, but he is sort of looking around. There is some Castilian soldiers and that around. They're not paying any extra attention, but um, you do know that known pirates in several of these nations tend to get hung. So they try to be pirates at sea, but merchants in port. Uh, well, I certainly would owe a debt to Thomas Green if there is any way I could assist. They might appreciate your help. He has spoken uh, favorably of you. That is very kind. Uh, Catalina, I think we have nothing to do for a few days. Would you be interested in helping out a merchant? I shall go with you. Uh, Marguerite still wants to talk to Alana, but I guess she will go looking for the captain first. Uh, uh, bonjour, captain. What can I do for you, Marguerite? Well, we have received a proposal of work. Work, ah, uh, well, work, work sounds so official, does it not? Uh, not work so much as... Do you want us to be pirates? I feel like I have come into the middle <laughs> of a conversation. That is not, I... Uh, before we were on your ship, uh, there was another ship that I was on, uh... Well, I suppose it was the second ship that I was on because the first ship that... Anyway, I was on a ship that sank and then another another Captain E picked me up on his ship and uh, was kind enough to allow me to stay and work so that I could return to somewhere that was not a small <laughs> deserted island. So, anyway, uh, someone who knows him has just seen us on the docks and says that he has fallen onto some art times... He has fallen afoul of a plantation owner who is particularly cruel. And so there is apparently something that is happening with a pirate named James Kidd who is going to help him. And so we are also uh, welcome to go to an island called Mad Zendrea and assist. I know of the island. It is a small wayfaring stop used for basic provision gathering and repair, water, some game, some fruits. It exists mainly for longer voyages to restock, but it is just far enough off the main route to be a good place for a quiet discussion, which could be what your friend is doing there. Ah? Uh? James Kidd is indeed a pirate. I know him well. Young. But... His reputation has been... He keeps his word. Would the penance be interested in some less official work? We have nothing lined up at the moment. It would not hurt to... hear what they have to say. Okay. <sighs> Uh, then I suppose we shall go. I am supposed to return in a few days to speak with 
Roberto who knows something I do not. This should not take long. The island is a day and a half. Ah. A little less with favorable wind. Very good. I will tell the first mate to prepare the ship for sail on the tide. Ah, uh, merci beaucoup. I see it is then. And Marguerite will look for Alana. Yep, which is not hard to find. Okay, then she which shall find her. Which is not hard. It not. Yes, witches not are not hard. hard to find. Where is oh, she? Witches that is also not... true. <laughs> Excellent. Then Marguerite will walk up and wait to be noticed. And she looks up. She's been tying more complicated knots. Alana, how are you today? I am quite fine, thank you. You are welcome. I had a question for you. And she's got a patch over one eye. What is your question? You may not... And that is fine. But sometimes you do know things ahead of time. And I am supposed to meet someone in a few days. I do not know who they are. And I am a little bit worried about that. Do you have any sort of insight? And she starts to concentrate and then she flips up the patch. Perhaps better with both eyes, we. And you, you can feel this really strange feeling it doesn't really have words but you can almost feel like little tugs pulling you and then she turns around and sits back down sort of sits there for a few seconds as she ponders I do not sense any mistrust from Roberto there is however much darkness surrounding your strands. There is something dangerous out there. I can believe that. Thank you very much, merci beaucoup. And she nods. And your bowline is coming along nicely. I that is always practicing. the hardest one, I find. So, I guess we will wait to sail to this little island. And they do, they set sail on the tide. The island is small and green with really bright sandy beaches. It's not particularly large, but you can see a small waterfall coming from the side of a rather large, um, not really a mountain, but it is a very pointy sort of rock, which appears to be fresh water. It has some game by the looks of it. And there is a very simple structure on there. There is two ships at anchor in the main bay. One you can see is called the Wellerman. And the other is called the Prideful Strumpet. Well, I know one of those ships. Really? Oui, it's the Wellerman. That is the ship that took me on after my first shipwreck. And it did not sink? No. So you have not sunk all the ships that you have been on? No, only every other so far. 
And we are on one of the others? One of the ones that has not sunk. C being the other ship. The first did, the second did not. The third, the third did, the fourth has not. Simple. C. Hey. This is what I was hitting at. And one of the sailors calls down from above. Yeah, we're not particularly keen to get on the next ship with you. Well, I simply have to not get on another ship. Problem solved. So, in theory, while you remain on this ship, it will not sink. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> suppose that is one way to look at it. Yeah, good luck, chum. <laughs> but not for the next ship. She reaches up and she starts rubbing the top of your head. <laughs> she reaches up. She Can she reach? I thought she was extraordinarily short. Well, I suppose we should go and see what is happening. No? And you make anchor. Marguerite will go ashore. And you can see a few people are at the, at the structure. As you're approaching the structure, you can see Thomas Green, who is happy to see you. A big smile crosses his face, and he jumps up, and next to him is James Kidd. And he says, is there anyone on or in the Widow's Sea that doesn't know what we are planning? There may be a couple left. And Thomas runs over and he's awkward. He doesn't know whether he should hug you. And he sort of goes to and then sort of stops because he doesn't know if that's decorum for <laughs> Montaigne. Uh, she will hug him if he seems like he's about to. <laughs> and he's like, I say, I am pleased to see you. I wasn't sure that you were still alive. <laughs> I have survived thus far. I have been in another shipwreck since I saw you. Another? Oui. I say. How did you manage to get off that one? And much the same as the first, really. However, on the second shipwreck, I did have help from my friend here, as on the second one, uh, we were slightly changed to the wall, so that was a little bit more difficult to me. Hey. Oui. And he looks at Catalina. Pleased to make your acquaintance. I am Thomas Green, merchant of the Wellerman. Please do introduce yourself, as I do not know which name you wish to give. <sighs> Very well. I am the ship's doctor. And Thomas leans in and he's like, I have a little concern that James Kidd may be a pirate. <laughs> Only a little? Well, yes. But they seem honest enough. Honest among thieves. If that's a thing. Well, I do not know if it will put your mind at ease, but perhaps you should be a little bit worried that we are pirates. 
I say, you're, you're, you've taken up the scallywags? Do not know. A jolly of the Roger? I do not know quite what he is talking about. Catalina looks really confused. So does Marguerite. The captain walks over. This must be your Mr. Green. Eh? A pleasure to make your acquaintance, sir. And he's like, I say, rather. And he does a rather overly exaggerated and not particularly accurate court bow. He nods at Kid, who nods back. And he's like, I see you have all met Marguerite and Catalina here. So, so what exactly are we planning? Ah, well, there's a Mr. Alistair Bedford. He's from Amalon, and he has dozens of plantations, and he is in very deep with the trading company. As Marguerite knows, I don't have slaves. Don't believe in it. I pay my workers, and I pay them a fair rate. It does, however, make business much harder for me, but I have a clear mind and a clear conscience. But this stance has not made me popular with all the other plantation owners. Or, for that matter, the trading company, which is quite powerful. And while they say they do not have direct control over policies relating to trade, that is not entirely true. They wanted to teach me a lesson. And so they did. On a minor technicality, they had the local law confiscate my goods. One of Mr. Kidd's chaps here saw them handing over my cargo to Bedford as a token of appreciation for his tips and advice, I believe. Kidd pulls up a chair. Bedford has a warehouse a couple of islands over, a storage for his ill-gotten gains and his oppression. If we are careful, we can lighten him of some of his moral burdens. And help Mr. Green here as well. Ah, we shall be very helpful then. He has the pocket of some people in the Avalonian Navy. They are there guarding his plantation. I would rather it if we didn't kill anyone. Not that they don't necessarily deserve it, but I am sure if this turns into anything too violent, they will use it. Not just as a way to try to hunt us even more, but we would absolutely be hanging from some of the town gates. I can certainly promise not to kill anyone. It is the doctor here you wish to watch. I will try not to kill. And Kid looks at his ship, which does sit rather low in the water. It is a Castilian vessel with gold trim. Ah. He says, my vessel, the strumpet, she sits just a little bit low in the water. Where we are going, we can't use their dock. We're going to come in on the far side. 
it's shallower water. But looking at the pennants, I think it'll be fine. Do you think you can get close to shore, Captain? And he rubs his beard and he's like, Duh, we can get quite close to shore. And we're fast and manoeuvrable. We should be able to stay out of sight. Kid nods. Then we will land there, make our way across the island, which is roughly four kilometers. Mm. We need to find the foreman, liberate him of his key, and then we can open the warehouse and return to Mr. Green here his coffee, tea, and sugar, of which I can then sell, and we have come to an agreement on shared profits. Uh, what was that? Coffee, tea, and sugar? That is correct. What happened to the rum? I did not have rum on this one. Ah, the last one I remember was sugar, tea, and rum. It was. So, says Kid, you want in? And he looks at Marguerite and he says, this came to you. We are in if you wish to do it. I would wish to help, we. Then the penance is yours. And a couple of the sailors from the penance crew let out a very audible breath. And they're like, oh, that's lucky for a moment. I thought we were going to have to go on one of them, and that one's the one that's bound to sink. <laughs> I'm going to have to set foot on another ship someday. And that they're not looking particularly happy about that prospect and I'm not sure which one that's going to actually be yet and it could well be the one that sinks you gotta keep the streak alive every other exactly. ship oh dear alright we are on board and two days later you sail into the back side of the island into a small, not even really a bay, but there's lots of palms and tall trees close to the, the uh, edge of the sea. And that's where it, they make their anchor. They come to stop. You're about 50 feet from the, the shore. You can see the seabed. Not much below the the keel. There is no guards that appears on this side of the island. It doesn't look like it's going to like actually ground out, and it's possible that they're going to be. Well, okay. The captain says when you come back, we might be a little further out, depending on how much loot you are able to acquire. The extra weight will make us sit lower in the water. Hey. So, who is everyone that is going ashore? Kid has ten of his crew. No more than twenty-five, I should say. Well, this one is good at stealthing around. Perhaps she could come in handy. If you wish to come, Catalina. I do not know about stealthing, but I am definitely small enough not to be noticed. And the weapon master, who is St. George, 
the captain says, pick your, pick your men. And he's like, aye, captain. And he's a big, burly Avalonian. And 15 minutes later, 25 of you are hmm. ashore and moving across the tropical island, which isn't the most easiest of goings, but it's not impossible. And after about two hours, you can start to smell habitat that is not natural, definitely more man-made. And there is a small hill, not a massive one, that you come to the edge of, and there's still a decent amount of foliage, leaves and stuff like that, that the group is sitting behind. So about, you're about three stories up, in, like, as in height. And below, you can see fields and several buildings. Looks like there's some cotton and some tea fields there. Although that's not really... This isn't really a plantation, so he's just using this to make some extra cash from that. He has some workers who do not look in particularly good shape. So a Avalon does not in endorse or allow slavery. But they've told you he's in deep with the trading company, which does. So he's a reasonably powerful individual, girding the rules, if not outright, outright breaking them. Uh, there's a few guards that look more ruffian type, and some that are definitely wearing the naval uniform. This would, though, to anyone... From the from Avalon, and you might have known it enough from some that were on the crew, they they didn't want to be in the Navy, but they were proud of the Navy. They would be quite unimpressed, to put it mildly, that uh, elements of the Navy would have sold out, that this is not an official, there'd be no way that this is officially a stance the Navy's doing. This is absolutely some greed from someone who's taking a cut. Probably from either the plantation owner and the company, probably both. And possibly using naval vessels in, in ways that they're not meant to and not within um, confines of the orders of the Queen. Uh. But this is a long way from the Queen's court. So as long as they're actually getting the stuff done that they are chartered to do, it might be harder for anyone to know that they're also doing some stuff that's not particularly good. And you can see someone of what seems to be importance moving around, yelling at people to work harder and stand up straight. So I suppose that would be the foreman. See, and it's about thirty minutes. You think till dusk. Shall we wait for the night to fall? That is probably wise. Darkness falls, and they light several torches. It is certainly darker than it has been, but it is not completely dark. Mm -hmm. The fields—they're all a mix, and they're about two feet high, three feet high at the most, depending on the the one. In nice, neat rows, but certainly some cover, depending on where you position yourself in it. Do you think you could get that key from him? So I shall go and get the key and 
meet you back at the warehouse? I suppose. Would it be easier to meet us back here or for everyone to go to the warehouse? I think it would be easier for everyone to be at the warehouse. I do not think that the gods would appreciate all of us just simply milling about by the warehouse waiting for you. Put out of commission. Not by killing, not by killing. Uh, some of the gods as we go along, then it would not be such trouble to not be spotted if we could knock them out, hide them in the field. I do not know. As long as we are quiet and we are not spotted and we do not kill anyone as that has been specifically requested, no? So what do you plan to do? So going to hold back because I don't think all 24 of us should go trancing along down there. Don't think we're all needed. As that seems wise. Well, maybe a few of your men can take out some of the guards and that will give me... We can take the first one on the left there, if you can take the second. I will lure the foreman out and repatriate the key from him. So someone else will need to take out the other guard. I do not want to do everything. You do not have to. There are, <laughs> there are plenty of us here. No? So I shall go to the right, so others are going to the left, no? See, I shall go to the left. Hey. Six are going to go down. The others are ready to go over to the warehouse. You get down to the side, slowly they start to, to move in. You can hear the rustle, and a couple of the guards sort of turn and, and look a little, but they're moving as a group pretty well so it sounds more like a breeze than it does people moving through it mm. and Marguerite will go with the people on the right side into the first field and sort of duck down Marguerite who is hiding in the first field will wait for one of the guards to be walking by Marguerite's basically just going to take her time going as quietly through the field as she can and get up as close to one of the guards as possible. She's not in any particular hurry because I don't know that we have a time limit on this. So she's just focusing on being very quiet. And once she feels she is close enough to the guard that this cannot possibly fail, she is going to stand up from the field, strike him from behind with the hilt of the rapier to knock him unconscious, and as quietly as she can, catch him before he falls and drag him back into the field. He makes a oof, and you catch him as he falls, and you drag him out of sight. One down. Catalina will reach the first field. She'll wait. She's sort of watching where the guards are. She sort of pops her head up, darts across the... Uh, the open grassway and into the next field. And she's waiting there until the right time comes. And Catalina can see there is one ruffian guard to her left at the corner closest to the left there. And there is a navy guard to the top right. And she can see the foreman has walked around the field directly across from her where there's uh, five guards 
inspecting each of them and making a overdone show of the inspection. And he has stopped on the far side of the path directly across from her. And the light is dim in that area. Not pure blackness, but it's dim. A little while after, the first guard on the right side was dealt with. The navy guard farther up on that side notices that the other guard seems to be gone. And that is not... Well, it's not so much concerning as he probably thinks he's slacking off and sitting down somewhere. So he's gone looking for him more to tell him off than to really be like, Oh no, are you okay? Have some pirates knocked you out and hidden you in a field? So he comes closer over to where we are, which gives two of the pirates a chance to jump out, grab him, cover his mouth, also drag him into the field, and incapacitate him. Pirates that are following Catalina, she left them in the field behind her, so they're in the other field. She's almost immediately next to the guy, well, she's in the, the, the field that's closest to the closest to the path and can almost smell the guy that's near her and she's really on the edge of the plantation pretty much in the first row and the guards sort of muttering to himself and she she's kneeling down and she sees a, a stone in front of her and she quietly puts the the wooden post on the ground and she picks up the rock and looks back at the the guard at the rear here in uh that's at the the other field where the other pirates are and she throws a rock and bounces off the the building that's near him which distracts his attention and he was about to walk over when the uh, pirates stand up and pull him back down into uh, the coffee field and the guard next to her sort of hears the whoosh as her uh, clothes sort of rumple as she throws he turns to see her standing up and leaps towards him with her right hand, she draws out her rapier with using the hilt. She whacks him straight up the chin, knocks him back. He lets out a bit of a oomph, pulls her rapier around to the side, and then whacks him over the top of the head, uh, causing a bit of a nasty gash, and he falls to the, the ground, sheaths her rapier, and she notices the foreman, and he's not looking. And she looks down at the guard and she looks back up at him and she drags this sort of heavyish guy up, gets him almost sitting and then sort of with all her strength, she lifts him up and he's sort of leaning back against her in a slumped manner and she's waving his arm to grab the attention of the foreman and the foreman glance, uh, catches his eye and he glances over and he thinks to himself, what is this idiocy? And... As he storms over, he realizes there's something not right. Guy seems to not be behaving the way that he should be. And he suddenly slumps forward. Catalina bends down, picks up the post 
and throws it at him and it hits him fair in the and falls to the ground she races up grabs him by the ankles and pulls him into the field and she takes uh, she unhooks the keys from his belt she spends a hero point to gain the attention of the pirates around her and say there is a boy entering that building he did not come with us did he and she will gesture you don't see him now oh uh there were 26 that came with us no it should have been 25 no there should have been 25 it should have but i do not think it was i guess she's gonna try and sneak over to that building now and see what's going on Marguerite's weaving through the, uh, the the tall grass of the, the crop there. It would probably be about that point. This thing and some cursing as the guy's walking over. And just as she's getting to the building, she could hear a, a faint and a thump. And the door is, is open. <laughs> All right. She's going to go look for this mysterious 26th individual. And you enter the building. And there's a lantern hung on the wall, and you can see the individual, and there is a ledger, and they are flicking through the ledger. Uh, She's going to approach whoever this is to try and see who they are. And they're wearing a long cloak and a big hat that's pulled down. Uh, Excuse me? And Alana spins around. I thought so. What are you doing here? Reese. They said this people, these people. Work with Reese. Who said that? Kid did. I heard him. He said that? Reese and the Atabayan company, they're... And she hooks her fingers, they're like this. Do you even leave the penance? (laughs) I have been training. I've been watching Catalina and all of her stealthy doctory skills. Oh, so you are to be a doctor now. (laughs) If it means I can get up to Reese, yes. I've also been watching you. And what have you learned there? You're quite quiet too, when you want to be. We look. You say they work with Reese, so what are you finding out in this ledger, eh? And she holds up a finger. Nothing. Because I don't read, I realised. Not even really much of my own language, but I'm learning. Wait, and which language are you learning to read in? A little... Of Castile. Actually, Castilian's been the main one because we've had more access to that. But the crew's been teaching me Avalonian. I recognize some of these words, but not enough to make full sense of it yet. Then you are lucky that I walked into the same building as you. I can read it, and she will begin reading the letter. This is going to take some time to go through. We will have to bring it back to the ship. There are some bits that are coded and then there are things that are repeated throughout, but they are trying to hide what they are actually doing. So it will take some going through. Then let's bring it. We will. I'm spending a danger point. Okay. The door opens on the opposite side and a Navy guard steps in. He has his pistol out. Hands up. And Alana puts her hands up. Not that she knows the language, <laughs> but she is familiar with that, the, the concept. She's seen it enough. Marguerite will glance 
down and decide if she could then think she does not have time to try and draw a weapon, so she will put her hands up. He steps forward and he pushes the tip of Alana's hat up and it's clear that she's quite a young girl. So he decides Marguerite is probably the bigger threat and he shifts his gaze to her. There is a pot plant hanging from the ceiling and she pushes it and you can just see that she closes her eyes as the pot plant misses his face, swings up behind him and he feels it goes by and he turns to look at her and he raises the pistol when it then hits him in the back of the head on the return swing. And she lunges forward in a big haymaker, putting all of her force behind it, which she connects with. He staggers back against the wall and he's wobbling on his feet. And then he slumps down while Alana is now standing there in a silent scream, clutching her hand, clearly not prepared for the amount of pain that she was going to feel from punching this soldier in the face. And Marguerite is not entirely sure whether to be concerned, amused, impressed. She's sort of a mix of all of them. And (laughs) that was very impressive. I apologize. You seem to be in a great deal of pain. And she's like shaking her hand and rubbing it. And she says something that only... Uh, You're definitely sure she's learned that word from a sailor. Fair enough. (sighs) And she's sort of hopping around, flicking her fingers. You don't think anything's broken, but she's like, his head was very hard. I imagine so. (laughs) And Marguerite's going to take his pistol. She, She doesn't want to use it. She just wants him to not have it if he wakes up. Yep. And he's got a cutlass on his side. And the pistol. So, are you coming along to the rest of whatever we are doing? Or are you going to take this ledger? We? Okay. Do you have a weapon? She pulls the cutlass out. See? I was going to say, take that one if you do not. Very good. Uh, Then I suppose we shall rendezvous with the pirates who do not know you are here. She kicks the soldier in the side, but you don't think it does any any damage to him. It's not a very strong kick. And she's like, you hurt my hand. If it is any consolation, I believe you hurt his head a great deal. Good. She slides the ledger into a bag she's brought and then slides the bag around so it sits more in her lower back. And Catalina can see what might be Alana and Marguerite coming out of the building across from the warehouse. (laughs) Catalina's Dad's a little bit confused, wondering how the young one got in here. What are you both doing here? I thought you were going on the right side. I did go on the right side until I saw our friend here going into this building. Do you know where to come? Asking Alana. Marguerite will translate. (laughs) I pay attention. I've been listening. I've been learning. From Catalina. And she says she has been learning from you. Hmm. Hmm. And she points at her eyes, and she points at Catalina. Uh, you can tell her I'll be keeping my eye on her as well. <laughs> we, we, however, she, 
has knocked out a guard on her own already. Wait, what? We? We were... A slightly held at gunpoint, perhaps. However, she managed to knock the guard out. This is quite impressive. Oh, by the way, I've got the key. Ah, wonderful. Uh, she she is impressed. She tells Alana. And there's a quiet huzzah through the group when they see the key. All right. Well, Catalina's heading over to the warehouse. You can follow me if you wish. Oui, we shall. And there is a big uh, torch that's attached to the wall and hanging out, which does bathe the initial doorway in uh, light, but there is no immediate guards because you have dealt with the immediate guards. And there is a big iron lock on the door. Well, I suppose you shall do the honours then? See She'll open the door and Catalina goes through the keys and hopefully selects the right one. Yeah, there's about six, but it only takes a couple before she finds the right one. Yep. And the lock goes click and opens. It's a big iron sort of lock. All right, undo the lock. And they open easily. They're not old and creaky. They're reasonably new. Within the warehouse... There is about 40 bags of coffee, tea, sugar. There is some barrels of rum. The rum has a different mark. Uh, Marguerite recognizes the marks on the others as the Wellerman's trademark. And there is one big burly guard who is in a chair with his feet up and he's snoring quietly. He's got his arms folded. He's got a cutlass and a pistol. His head's on his chest and he's just snoring quietly. He probably would not even wake up if we just tied him to the chair. Or if you wish to hit him, hit him. Whatever is easier. Uh, Pack, she carries um, with that she brought with her on this trip, pulls out a syringe and a vial and injects it and draws some of the fluid, sneaks over to the guard and jabs it into his arm as it squirts in he yelps up with a he jumps up with a bit of a yelp and what the he looks down at this five foot tall female in front of him and the pirates standing behind her his eyes glaze over his knees start to get weak he sways he tries to draw his (laughs) cutlass from his scabbard he falls to the ground with a heavy thump And as he does, the pirates start pouring in and start to ransack the place. Excellent. That's what they're here for. And Marguerite is just basically making sure Alana does not get trampled in any of the rush to loot things. She's just standing off to the side, looking very Alana-ish. She's folded her arms. She's, she's, She's watching the ransacking with a supervisor's sort of glare until one of them throws a a sack of something towards her, which she catches and falls over, but then climbs up and does her bit and carries one of them. And Marguerite will take one and walk back with her. And Catalina is going to roll some barrels, rum barrels, over to one corner of the warehouse and stick them with her dagger so they start leaking. Marguerite, can you ask the pirates to drag the big off outside? 
I suppose I could. Uh, on her way by with Alana, Marguerite will ask the pirates to drag this guard outside since Catalina wishes it. So the last two drag the guard outside and position him within the field outside before running in and each grabbing a bag of something and then heading back out and along the trail heading back towards where the ship is. And Catalina will wait and watch until they're over the hill and she will use her flint and tinder to enlighten the rum. you get back to the ship and there's a long boat and they're having to do a couple of trips because they're obviously loading the sacks in and then taking it out and you think it's going to be a little close but everyone gets both the sacks and a couple of barrels of rum on board the ship everyone else back on board the ship and then out of the the key they were not at anchor they were being um rather good sailors and sort of holding the ship in position more or less with using the tide and just a little bit of wind a day later the cargo is unloaded a deal is struck and then after you've returned to castile a couple of days after that a messenger arrives with a chest and a couple of guards which is handed over you each receive 250 uh, silver pieces. I see party piece well. Would you like me to come with you? I shall leave that up to you. I do not know what this is entailing. It is rather odd to me that your friend said he knew of something that concerned me. However, Alana said she did not think it was someone that he mistrusted. So perhaps it is fine. Catalina looks over her shoulder. At? Alana? Up the rafters. I swear, someone is always watching me now. What, Alana? She says she is learning. It's like having someone staring at the back of your head. Oi? That's very disconcerting. We should go see Roberto. Oi. And there was much singing and rejoicing. And some of the pirates had uh, embellished... Her combat somewhat because Alanis? a tale yes because a tale is always better when retold and they actually weren't there but somehow it's gotten a bit bigger and as you're you took leaving out the, <laughs> took out the whole lot of them with one and flower pot. Building. <laughs> and as you're leaving she walks by and she's got the patch again uh, that looks very dashing I hope it does not affect your depth perception and she swaps eyes would still have the same issue. However, good job. What is the patch? I believe it is for dramatic effect. I see. But I do not see. There is no medical reason for it that I know of, if that is what you are asking. And she's walking towards the front of the ship, and you don't hear what was said, but one of the pirates says something to her, and she goes, Arr! She wishes to be a pirate. And at this point, I rather think she is. See, I think so too. Very well. I do not think she is going to follow you at this point, if you are concerned. She is too busy celebrating her defeat of every single guard on the island. And building. Oui. And pot plant, I hear. 
Ah, we, we, we. Well, Santi said she took out the one guard. Very well, we shall go see Signore Roberto. Off we go. And he is in his study. And he seems a bit more serious than when you've seen him at other times. Even more serious than when he was like, hey, this is a very bad political issue. Oh, dear. Mm -hmm. uh, bonjour. Have we come at a bad time? And he's like, no, please. And he motions to a couple of very nice chairs. Marguerite will sit. Sit. The War of the Cross left eight million dead. Oui. Two entire generations turned to nothing but ash. I have always had an uneasy feeling about the war. Like there was smoke in front of my face that I was unable to see it clearly. I met a fate witch once and I didn't put any faith in her. Until now. The shadow of Magdala time ends when the girl that Davy Jones doesn't want, who is lost to her old life drifting with fate in the light of glass of colour. We... Uh, well, that rather sounds like me, unfortunately. That is what I also believe. And he gets up and he walks over and he pulls a book off a shelf. He comes over, turns it around, and he takes a canvas off one side and puts it next to the book. And he says, this woman is Magda Muller. And he points at a painting. She is a noble from Eisen. She was also a very important cog in the War of the Cross. She has been seen at a small village called Balefield. She has not been seen for some time, however. And why is she at what appears to be an unimportant village? There's a lot that we don't understand about the War of the Cross, and I would like you to investigate, if you will. My contact who delivered this book had said that they are also looking for a girl. Not uh, Alana, I hope. And he turns the canvas over. And it has a striking resemblance to you and the clothes that you wore when you first met the governor. Uh, who is... sorry. Who gave you this? One of my intelligence network. And they are looking for uh, this person? She is a person of interest. He was not looking for you, but there are others that are connected to Moolah that are. This person, she is strikingly similar to you. 
Do you have a sister out there somewhere? Uh, no, no, that is me. It is... Something which is blown in a proportion? Uh, what? It is a picture of me as I was when I saw... When I met the, the people that landed me on the ship you were on. However, as far as they are concerned, I should be dead as that ship sank. So I do not think they would be looking for me. It is possible that they have a seer in their employ. Uh, it is possible. They had a fate witch with them when I was there. But even then, that would... Well, I suppose it could come up in relation to something else I was going to say. Even if they had a seer to to know that I was alive would mean they wished to know, but I suppose if it if it came up in passing. My understanding, and understand that I do not fully know that much about the ways of the witches, but there needs to be some connection in order to see. The more clear the connection, the more clear the strands. If they don't have a solid connection to you, it's possible that maybe the only information that they can get is more looser. They may not know where you are. They may not know what you've been doing. They may just only know that you're not dead. And that may have happened due to something else. And does your contact have uh, any knowledge as to why they would be looking? No, only that they were interested and they were willing to pay. Ah, I see. It is not an official bounty. I believe they're not trying to bring attention to themselves, and, and an official bounty would do so. If it is the people that I met, I do not imagine they would do so. They were certainly trying to keep their dealings quiet. They do not know that my contact works for me. For your contact's sake, I hope they do not find out. So do I. I have advised them to not push too hard and to be extremely careful. So you would like us to look into this Magda... Magda Muller? Yes, if you will. But I say to you what I have said to them. Be careful. And where was this village? Two weeks travel on the edge of Ison. I can arrange transport if you wish. <laughs> if things progress as they have in the past, that would go poorly for your transport. Uh, uh, it would be a coach. Ah, I have not sunk one of them yet. I think that would be difficult on land, but I'm sure it's not impossible. A swamp, perhaps? Who can say? Well, I suppose we shall go back to the ship and discuss it with everyone. Uh, here we. I... See. I see no reason why we would not, however... 
Oh, goodness, if it has connection to this, then Alana will wish to come. Uh, we will need to discuss this. Very good. And thank you for the information. You are most welcome. And I guess we will head back. 7th C. Starring Emily as Marguerite. Shadow as Fenric. Raven Insane as Catalina. Ghost as the teller of stories. 7th C is released by Chaosium Games and written by John Wick. Some of the sounds come from Sirenscape.com. You can find us at Critfail.com. His wheeze start to get neek, neek. His knees, his wheeze, his wheeze start to get neek. Yeah. That was, you, yes, I, I'll give you, you know what? You can have a hero point for that. <laughs> that was great. That was great. <laughs> his knees yeah. start to get weak. <laughs>